Well, good morning. morning. My name is Derek, and um, just want to mention a quick reminder before we jump into today's message, and that reminder is that next Sunday we will not be meeting for church services because of the Arlington County Fair. It's not that we're huge fans of the fair necessarily, but they happen to meet here at TJ. So um, next Sunday is a great Sunday to catch up online. You can catch a ton of our messages there, video, audio, whatever. Or maybe it's just a great Sunday to sleep in, and that's like the greatest worship experience for you next Sunday. Um, So we will see you back on the 28th, but we will not be here on the 21st. So don't forget that. Um, Well, I was listening to some music the other day, and I realized that I love angry songs. I don't know what that says about me exactly, but before you judge me, I want to play a few because I think that you probably do as well. So let's see how many of these you recognize. Maybe you can tell me, see how quickly you can tell me the artists of these songs. Let's go ahead and give us the first one. Yeah, Taylor Swift. Band-Aids don't fix bullet holes. No, they don't. No, they don't. She's like the queen of angry songs. Every song's either about falling in love or it's about being angry because it didn't work out, right? Let's, look, let's go to the next one. Who's singing this one? Yeah, Maroon 5. Any Maroon 5 fans out there? Where were you when I was at my worst? Okay, let's go to the next one. This is a classic. We got any country music fans in the house? Okay, yeah, there you go. Be proud. Who's singing this one? Carrie Underwood. Good. All right. Let's do the next one. Yeah, Justin Timberlake. Now, who knows who he wrote this song to? Yeah, Britney Spears. Okay. So, um, yeah, Cry Me a River. And then um, finally, this one we're going to dial back a little bit. You guys remember this one? Alanis Morissette. You know, I had a friend in college, and he and his girlfriend broke up, and she sent him this song. <laughs> that's serious, man. You know that was not a good breakup when you get that song. All right, that's beautiful. Um, well, today we are um, in a series called Follow Me, where we're looking at what does it really mean to follow Jesus? What does that look like, practically speaking? And um, today is it's going to be a tough one. Because today we're talking about following Jesus means forgiving others. Following Jesus means forgiving others. And we've had some tough sermons the last couple of weeks in this series, but today I think is going to be the hardest. Because when you think about forgiveness, it's deeply personal to us, isn't it? It involves pain. It involves hurt. It involves anger. And it involves a sense of justice. We want to see things made right. That's why those songs resonate so deeply within us, right? We love that. Now we got bad blood, right? And it's not, and now I forgive you. You know, I mean, that's not, that's not going to be a winning song, right? Because there's something primal. There's something visceral in us. Man, band-aids don't fix bullet holes, man. You know, I'm mad and you're going to feel it. You're going to hear it. And so, um, It's not our first reaction to want to forgive. But this is actually what Jesus 
is calling us to. And so if you're here this morning, and you're like, yeah, yeah, those songs, I connect with those songs. Yeah, I, forgiveness, no, I'm not at a place where I'm ready to do that. Here's what I just want to ask if you could do this for me, okay? Could you just please keep an open mind today? Just keep an open mind and just stay open to what God might be potentially whispering to you. As I got to tell you, of all the aspects of following Jesus, of all the things it means to follow, forgiving others, this topic is the one that has set me free and has done more for my life than any other part of following Jesus. So just, if you could, just stay open while we look at some of what Jesus has to say to us. Forgiveness was something that Jesus certainly taught a lot about. At one point early in Matthew's gospel, Jesus is teaching in his Sermon on the Mount, and he's talking about if you go to the altar with this gift for God, but you realize you're not reconciled to a brother or a sister, you need to leave that gift at the altar. And you need to immediately go and make things right, be reconciled with your brother or sister. And then, and only then, do you come back to the altar and continue your worship of God. He goes on to, to teach his disciples how to pray, this famous Lord's Prayer, where we see that it's almost like a daily prayer. It's something that would be certainly prayed a lot because one of the lines of the prayer is, give us our daily bread. And in that prayer, we see in Matthew 6, verse 12, it says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. You see that? It's woven into the fabric of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's almost expected that we will have forgiven those who've wronged us. And you know the disciples, they were pretty slow on the uptake with most things, but they actually got this one right. They, they knew that forgiveness was a big deal to Jesus, and it was an expectation of followers. And we see late, much later on in Matthew's gospel account, chapter 18, verses 21 through 22, Peter comes up to Jesus with a question. He says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? So Peter, he's like the spokesperson for the disciples. You know, he comes with this question because Jesus has been talking about it. It's obvious you've got to do it. But how many times should you do it? And one of the things that's interesting is that the rabbis of Peter's time and Jesus' time, they taught that three times was the acceptable number of times to forgive. And they pulled this from the Old Testament prophet Amos. In Amos 1.3, Amos references Israel forgiving, um, or I'm sorry, God forgiving Israel's enemies three times. But then the fourth time, something happened, God punished Israel's enemies. And so the rabbis would hold this up and say three times. That is the expectation for forgiveness. And so Peter, I love this. Says, Peter comes to Jesus. And you know, he know, he's known Jesus a long time at this point. Jesus is, is radical love and grace and forgiveness. And you know, he's, Jesus is the one who is like, love your enemies and pray for your persecutors. And so Peter's like, I better go big. You know, if I'm coming to Jesus, I want to look like I got this, I really thought about this. And so he says, I'm going to more than double the expectation. How many times? Up to seven times. You know, oh. <gasps> gasp. You know, the question's so big. He's feeling good. Check out Jesus' response. I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Some of your translations, it actually reads seven times 70, which would be 490 times. So whether it's 77 or 490, Jesus' point is the same. There is no limit to the forgiveness that we're supposed to give because there is no limit to the forgiveness that God gives us. 
Now, when we think about people who've wronged us and we think about repeat offenders, this becomes really uncomfortable for us. It's scandalous forgiveness and it just doesn't seem right. And so Jesus, knowing this tension that we would feel around this, goes on to tell a parable. And what I love about this parable is that this parable tells the why and the how at the same time. It tells why we forgive and it also tells how we forgive all at the same time. Here's the parable. Jesus says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him, millions of dollars. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. This would be pennies compared to what he owed. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. And they went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. That is harsh. Whoa, when we get to the harsh part in a second. But let's back up and let's talk about this parable. Every parable has one main driving point. And the driving point, again, is the why and the how of forgiveness. And both of those things, here's, here's how it works. Why we forgive and how we forgive is by realizing and accepting God's forgiveness to us. And then we can turn around and we forgive others. See, if we find ourselves in this story, here's where we are. We are that servant that had a debt that we could not pay. And you may be saying, what, what do you mean? What's the debt we cannot pay? Well, here's the deal. We're all good people in this room, okay? But when you compare our lives to a perfect, blameless, holy God, we cannot stand in God's presence. We can't. We've, we know, we've all messed up. We've all done things that, you know, we shouldn't have. We all have regrets. We all have things that we're not proud of. And, uh, and so ultimately, no matter how many good things we do in this life, we still do not measure up. We still have a debt to be on the same level with Almighty God. And so what Christianity teaches us is that God came to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ and lived a life we couldn't live and paid a debt that we could not pay. And by faith in Christ, we 
are reconciled with God, we are made blameless in the eyes of God. That's God's forgiveness to us. All we have to do is thank him for it. All we have to do is just accept it, just receive it. And so the why and the how is that once we have realized this, once we have accepted this, our forgiveness of others is simply an outflow of God's forgiveness of us. We realize the incredible debt that's been paid. It's just a natural expression that we would then go and we would forgive others. Now, this ends really harshly, doesn't it? I mean, it is like some strong words. It's almost like, is this really Jesus? Is this like peace and love, you know, Jesus right here? What, what's going on? He's talking about jail and torture, and that's going to be our fate if we don't do this. Like, what is the deal with that? For a long time, I didn't understand that. I didn't really get what is the deal with that. And then you know what happened to me? I was deeply wronged by somebody, and I went through a long season of unforgiveness and hate and vengeance and seeking justice my own way. And you know what I realized looking back on that time? I was imprisoned. I realized I was handed over to those jailers and I was being tortured by my own, what I was dealing with inside. And so what's so powerful about this is Jesus coming to the end of this parable doesn't want any of us to miss it. And so it is in such incredible, intense language because he loves us so much. He doesn't want any of us being tortured that way. We'd be able to let go of the hate and the unforgiveness. And looking back in the rearview mirror now, I get it. I get it. I'm free from it. And I want to invite someone up on stage, Paula, if you'd come up, who also gets it. Would you guys join me in welcoming Paula to the stage? Thanks for being here, Paula. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. God bless you. So how long have you been coming to Grace now? It's been nine months. Okay, cool. And I remember um, us sitting in my office and you telling me your story, and I thought, I've got to have you come here at some point and, and share it, and today is that day. So thank you very much for being here. Um, tell us a little bit of background then on your journey. What was life like for you growing up? Well, let's say pretty much um, until I was nine, living in Arizona, had the perfect childhood, like awesome childhood, right? Um, and it was great until I was nine. Um, my parents made some decisions, and my father actually made really bad decisions. You know, we, my mother, brother, and I ended up in our original country, which is Guatemala. And um, that, I, once I was, after 10 years of age, uh, my father completely abandoned us. And um, after that, my mo mother and brother actually ended up um, coming um, to the U.S., my mom on a visa, and... You're about I was 15, left right? Myself. I was about 15. Yeah. So I was left by myself with relatives, but without my family. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I can't even imagine how hard that must have been for you um, as, a, as a teenager uh, going through all that. Um, tell us, uh, how, how did you feel during that time? Tell us a little bit about what that was like. Ooh, uh, well, you know, it, everybody here can picture uh, being abandoned. Um, by, by your hero, you know, you have something great and it's stripped away and um, you see how things, you, you see everything that is 
unjust to you. You look at everything different, so you start feeling angry. You start feeling hatred uh, towards that person, um, and you just become hard and cold. You know, and that's how I was feeling mm-hmm. in those moments. And you had a conversation with your dad because you really hated him. Tell, tell us, if you don't mind, tell us what you said to him. Definitely. Um, so because of everything I had seen, like I said, abandonment, poverty, many situations that my mother, my brother, and I went through, um, I hated him. You know, the last conversation we had. How old were you? I was around, I want to say maybe 16 or 17, around there. And the last words I said to him was, if you ever come, if you ever come back around me, I'm going to grab a machete and I'm just going to kill you. A machete? Mm-hmm. Wow. You were not messing around. <laughs> that's that's really common in Guatemala, machetes. <laughs> Still, man. So, yeah, that, that's how my anger was. It was so strong that I told him, I will kill you, literally kill you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That, that anger was in you for quite a while, but then eventually you turned 18 and um, you were able to be reunited with your mom in the U.S. And um, you hadn't been to church in a long time, but she invited you and very reluctantly you came. So tell us, tell us about what, that, what happened. Yeah, there. so I went to church with my mom, you know, um, not really wanting to in my heart, but, you know, she's been like, oh, these people have prayed for you. I want you to go, and they can see you, right? I have the best mom in the world. I know you all have, but mom's the best. Um, but it, it was like, everybody was like, oh, there's a, 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 a retreat, and my brother was encouraging me. He was young, but he was encouraging me. So it was three days. The last day, the last uh, calling, big calling, um, you would see, you know, it was 2,000 young people. They would run to the altar. I didn't feel anything. Nothing called me. I didn't feel anything at all to go up. This was like when they say you want to put your if, faith in if you Jesus. Want to pay, and, yeah, they okay. make the calling and if you want to accept Christ. What I did is I stayed in my seat, and I just started thinking, and all of a sudden, well, I was like, well, let me stand up, and I needed a change, and I told God, well, if you're really out there and have something for me, have a purpose for me, and you can transform everything that I have, you know, do it. Here is my heart. Wow. That was... So that was your moment. That was my moment where, with him. Where you, where you accepted Christ. And then um, the next couple of weeks were interesting for you because you started hearing something from God, right? Tell us about that. Yes. And you know, this is the beautiful thing about God. When you tell him change something, he'll change it in a way that you're going to be shocked. So I was restless. I didn't, I couldn't, I literally slept an hour a day. And um, I was so angry, but, you know, the Lord started working. And all of a sudden he started whispering, your dad, your dad. And I was like, my dad, he's not in my life. You know, I don't even want to see him. But he kept saying, your dad, your dad. And I was like, wow, my dad's going to die. And I think I didn't mention that to my mom. I think my dad's going to die. And um, so we ended up finding out his phone number through an uncle. And my mom was in the kitchen. And I came down, and I grabbed the phone, and I decided to call my dad. I was so nervous about it, just a little bit like I am right now. But I was so nervous. And all of a sudden, I hear his voice, you know, after 10 years, 11 years almost. And... I didn't have anything to say. 
He said, hello. I said, hi. And then there was a silence. And then it was just like, you're not asking for this, but I forgive you. And then that's what came out. <laughs> wow. That's so that was not, out. you weren't planning on saying it. It just, in the moment, that's yeah. just what came out of that's you. That's what came I didn't have anything else. And that's what came out. Wow. Um, and, and what was his reaction then? Um, all I could hear was him crying. I really had never heard him cry. And all I can hear was him crying. I cried to him. And, um, you know, it was powerful. Everything, you know, something unleashed, something broke from us. Um, I felt a weight taken, lift, being lifted up from me. And it was powerful. It was powerful. Wow. So um, an incredible moment there. And then um, we're going we're gonna to fast forward to, um, to your wedding. So a big deal getting your dad there. And uh, we've got a couple of photos, actually. And I, and I was hoping you could kind of explain what these photos represent. Definitely. Well, yes, like you said before, there was so much going on, you know, between my family. There's a lot of not liking my dad because of what he had done, still a little bit of grudges from other people. So it was, so, it was a little bit uh, hard battling, but he was able to make it. And I wanted to give him one of the last memories I had with him was me dancing on his feet when I was little. And, um, sorry. So I said, I want to have the father and daughter dance and sorry it's all right and um so you know we did it and the first picture on the screen he's whispering to my ear and he says in spanish if you guys know spanish he says mija which is baby daughter and he says you really forgave me and I was like, Dad, a long time ago, you know? And um, so after that, you know, I, we started crying, both of us. And then we joked about something and, you know, we started laughing and enjoying that one dance. So th that was powerful. Yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful moment yeah. captured on film. And so you forgave him on the phone, but it was kind of this process for you guys. It felt like at that moment during that dance that 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 the final piece had right like had been yeah completed. definitely i mean from the last call saying i'm going to kill you to ending up you know <laughs> dancing with him was just confirming me and confirming him that every um hatred was gone anything that i had you know um, any bad memory because it wasn't only his abandonment but the abandonment caused other issues, like I said, poverty and, and caused people hurting you and along the way or things like that, anything. So that was a relief and we were happy about that. That's, that's incredible. So one last question for you. How in the world were you able to do this? Forgive your dad. Well, like I've said before, n never in my humanity, never as Paola, I would have ever picked the phone up and called him. I would have never done that. But it was because of the push of the Holy Spirit. It was because God, he just had that one plan and that was the step I had to give to really actually follow him. And you know, 
to learn to love like he loves, just like he forgave me, forgive also. That's awesome. Can we give a hand to Paula? Thank you so much. So we have just a few minutes left in our service this morning, and um, we're going to use those few minutes to celebrate communion. And so if you are a part of our communion team, if you would go ahead and go back and, and take the trays and come over to where you're supposed to serve, but, but don't serve quite yet. Just grab the tray and come down to where you're supposed to be and then uh, wait for, for um, us to officially start communion. Um, so just want to let you know why I'm really excited about uh, communion this morning. Um, communion is a celebration. It's a celebration of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And if you've never taken communion before, um, the, the bread that you take, the wafer, it represents his body that's broken for you. And the cup represents his blood that has been shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And so by taking communion, we receive, we accept that forgiveness of sins in a tangible way. And um, what I think is so mind-blowing, you guys, think about this for a second. Not only did Jesus teach about forgiveness, and not only did Jesus give his very life to offer us forgiveness through his sacrifice, but as Jesus hung on a cross, okay, we see in Luke 23, as he hung on a cross, I want you to picture this scene, Luke 23, 34. Jesus is looking at those who have literally driven spikes through his wrists and through his feet. He is in excruciating pain. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. To those who mocked him, he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. This is amazing. This is amazing. And we celebrate communion. We celebrate Christ's forgiveness. We also celebrate the fact that we have the spirit of Christ living in us. And maybe we can't do it. Like Paula said, we can't do it on our own. But through his spirit in us, we can forgive others. So our music team is going to lead us in a song this morning, and um, I just want to let you know that um, communion here is, uh, is open to anybody. Um, so feel free to, to take, or if you would like to let it pass you by, you can do that too. Um, and I just want to give you one thought as we're taking communion. As you are taking that communion and as you are remembering Christ's amazing forgiveness for you, two questions. Have you accepted his forgiveness? Have you really accepted it? And have you given it? Have you given it? Have you given his forgiveness to others? So let's go ahead and start um, passing out communion. You don't have to hold it until the end. So just take it as you feel led. Um, you can hold it for a few moments, wait a little bit, but just go ahead and take it as you feel led. And then I'm going to close us in prayer. If you have not already done so, please go ahead and take and eat and drink. I just want to say before we close in prayer, if you're here this morning and um, 
you feel like God may be saying something to you, and maybe it's not clear. Maybe it is um, just almost like Paula described, a, a restlessness. There's, there's something, and you can't even necessarily describe it or, or put your finger on it, but you just have this sense that there's something happening, that God is, is dealing with you in some way. Please do not let this moment pass you by. Our prayer team is going to be right over here on this wall, right down here, in just a moment. And um, I cannot tell you what a phenomenal resource they are for you. They pray all week, looking forward to the opportunity to pray. This is an incredible group of just loving, wonderful people who just pray their guts out. And... um, if you're here and maybe you can't even put words to what your prayer is, like you're just, you don't even know, but you know that there's something, please come over here and visit with them. Um, Paula is actually going to be over there too on our prayer wall, and she would love to pray with you or, or visit with you for a minute as well and encourage you to take a step in your journey of forgiveness. So um, I just want to encourage you as we're going to pray and we're going to dismiss, and as everybody flows out of here, um, Our team's going to continue to play. We'll continue to keep the lights down low and just come right on over here and our prayer team would love to pray with you. So let me pray for you and then we'll we'll dismiss. God, we thank you for um, ways that you challenge us. These messages aren't always easy to hear. They're harder to receive. But um, God, we thank you because you love us enough that you don't want us to be imprisoned, in chains, tortured by our feelings of hatred and unforgiveness. Lord, I'm so grateful in my own life for how you have set me free. And I just pray, God, that you would release so many others, give us an even fuller understanding of your forgiveness so that it may flow into forgiving other people of what they've done for us, God. We cannot do it in ourselves. There's no way. But with your help, we can. So God, please help us. Give us the courage and the strength to do what we need to do as your followers. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.